Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Talk Daytime. Uh, tonight we're finally here to answer all your questions about what our favorite scenes, soap scenes of all time are. We've been promising this episode for such a long time and we think we finally narrowed it down. So we both chose five and we've of course got a few honorable mentions that didn't quite make our top five. So Cappy's here, we're just going to get started because we have so much to talk about. So hey Cappy. Hey, and yeah, I I think we should throw our disclaimer like we were mentioning earlier pre-show where, you know, it's such, it's so hard to narrow this stuff down that basically this is kind of the ones you pick when you're in the frame of mind when you're picking them. Yeah. Come again in three months and they could be completely different, but uh, yeah, these are the top five I'm thinking about just today and, you know, tomorrow it could be completely different set of five, but um, I think we got some good ones. and. Just because we picked these five does not mean we think these are the best five ever. This is our personal favorite five. So before you come at us and say, well, that sucks, well, that's your opinion. So we're not saying it's the best <laughs> ever. We're saying it's our favorite. So you want to go first? We'll just do. We'll just alternate. You can go, and then I'll go, and then, yeah. Sure. And, and I, you know, I, I tried to order these, but um, I actually have five different soaps. Uh, five different scenes from five different soaps, and uh, I, I can't really order them because, you know, apples and oranges, they're so different. But I think the first one I'd like to talk about is uh, one of my old school faves uh, that unfortunately isn't around anymore, and it's from Guiding Light. Uh, Guiding Light had this era when it sucked me away from every other soap I was watching, and I had watched Days, Another World, um, I was watching the ABC soaps at the time. I had been watching General Hospital, of course, and um, All My Children and One Life to Live. And I saw Guiding Light over the summer one year and fell in love, and it just sucked me away. But this was one of the scenes that fell in that era, and it was on fire at the time. Everything on that show was gold at the time. And that would have been the late 80s, early 90s, right around 91, 92. Uh, But uh, this scene was... uh, Alexandra Spalding, who was, uh, you know, one of the Spaldings, which were the big, rich family in, in Springdale or Springfield that owned everything. Um, she gets suckered into marrying Roger Thorpe, and she's really in love with him. She really thinks he's changed as a person. Roger Thorpe, who, uh, you know, for people that don't watch Cutting Light or never did, uh, one of the best soap villains of all time, period. Hands down, one of the best soap villains of all time. Um, because he had a vulnerability and you didn't hate him even when you should hate him. Um, anyway, she and Roger were married. Uh, Roger was cheating on her. He was basically just using her, trying to get her company away from her, um, which could be so mustache twirling if you let it be, but it just wasn't because Michael Zasler was a brilliant actor and always played it with a really big sense of vulnerability and purpose behind what Roger was doing. Um, finally, Alex realizes how she's been tricked. Um, she finds out that someone, a young protege she had taken under a wing, had been cheating on um, them. You know, basically, Roger had been cheating on her with, with this girl, um, and they had even gotten pregnant. And um, and she was humiliated, found out he was trying to steal money from her, had embezzled funds away from a, a foundation, a trust that they had for charity. Um, And it all culminates in this big scene where she takes him, invites everybody who's anybody in the town to a country club, um, and under the guise that she's going to be celebrating um, him. 
and she gets him up in front of the town and humiliates him, drags everything he has done out in public in front of everyone who's anyone in that town. And Beverly McKenzie played Alex, and she was brilliant. Um, Michael Zasler, of course, playing opposite her in those scenes. But then you've got all the people that are just there uh, in the background, and you've got, like, Jerry Verdorn and, um, um, you know, all these people. Rick Hurst, who was one of the youngest people in the scene, you know, I mean, you know, who was brilliant when he was even young back then. Um, and, and it just – it was amazing. She dragged him for filth. He uh, was completely blindsided by it. Everyone had the perfect reactions to it, and it's just hands down one of the best things. I love to go just go back and watch it every few years because it's one of the best soap scenes of all time, in my opinion. Um, and she just kind of gets her revenge right there. You know, it's like the perfect fantasy revenge for any any person that's ever been in that humiliating position of being betrayed by somebody that you truly loved. Um, so that's that's the first one that I wanted to bring up was Alex just humiliating Roger at the country club. Um, and it's great. It's out there on, on the YouTube, so you can find it if you ever want to watch it. It's just a brilliant scene. So that's before my time, but I won't look it up because I know that there will be a quiz since you said that it's just one of your favorites and I haven't seen it. So I'll have to find it <laughs> later. Uh, okay. So well, maybe, maybe I'll dust off my old blog when we're done with this, and I'll try to post to as many of these scenes as we can so people can um, watch them if they want to. I'll try and do – I'm going to try and put together – if I can find all of mine, I'll put together a playlist on my YouTube, and I can, I'll can i link it on the Talk Daytime Twitter. Awesome. Um, I can do that if these are up. I don't know because I know that ABC cracked down a few years ago, and some of these are old, so I'm not really sure. But, okay, so this is in no particular order because I couldn't order them if I tried. But um, my first one, you know, it's going to be a Luke and Laura scene because they're my favorites. But I was torn between which one because I have several. My, for anybody who's listened to our favorite storyline um, episode, my favorite Luke and Laura scene ever, I've said it a million times, is the snow dance scene. But that is not the one I want to talk about. So my, when I think of them, the first thing I think of is that scene where she is, she's been gone, you know, if you weren't around, which I wasn't, I had to look it up. Um, contact, she was, like, kidnapped by the Cassidines and, like, taken. She was gone for two years, and he thought she was dead. And um, she just disappeared one day. That's how they wrote her out of the show. She just quit the show, and she disappeared one day. So she was written out. This was in, like, 1981-ish, and she came back in, like, 83. Just one day she appeared. That's how, like, that's literally how it happened, and that was before the Internet, so I would have died if I was those people. But, um Okay, so she comes back, and she's wandering around on the grass, and she's, whatever, outside of the governor's mansion. He's the governor at the time, or not the governor, the mayor. Is that right? The mayor. Um, And he, yeah, he sees her from the balcony, and he thinks it's her. And he runs down the stairs to, like, the lower level where he can walk out on on the grass, and he sees her, and he screams her name, and she turns around, and they, like, run to each other, and it's just the, like... When I think of them, that's what I think of. I don't think of that wedding. Think of that. Because before I ever even watched GH, I'd seen that. I'd seen it on TV. I'd seen it on the news. I'd seen it on anniversaries of that. That was a big deal. And I knew it was a big deal before I ever saw it. So when I did see it as a fan, I, it just it sticks out to me. I use it in a lot. For those of you who don't know, I have a YouTube channel. I used it in um, videos tons of times. Like, I just love it. I think it's such a good scene. It's so, like, classic. 
so when I think of them, that's what I think. Because the wedding, you know, everybody knows the wedding was famous, but the wedding's a little cheesy to me, even though I love them. So that is one of my all-time favorite soap scenes, period. Like, I can just, like, picture it in my brain, <laughs> like them running across the lawn. And it was it was awesome. So that's a favorite. And that whole, that whole, that stuff that followed that was great, too. Like, um, the scene inside and, like, Leslie and Rick and all that. But that was, that's my standout. So that's my number one, or not, well. It's number one I want to mention. It's not my number one. So, <laughs> Yeah, I got gotcha. you. What's your name? And that is, a, that is an iconic scene. That is just a, such an iconic Luke and Laura scene. It's in every clip show that GH has ever made known to history, um, just because it is. Um, oh. Right up there, probably, the little clip that they always show of the wedding and, and Scotty invading. The first time I'd ever seen that clip, first time I ever saw it as a fan, she came back um, – if you weren't, I don't know who was watching that little thing, but she came back to General Hospital in 2013 in um, in anticipation, I guess you'd say, for the anniversary, which was coming up in that June. She came back in February, and it was Valentine's Day, and she walked up on the Haunted Star because she was looking for Luke, and he was sitting there playing with his phone, and he looked up, and he's like, so it was you that I saw yesterday. And she's like, yeah, and he's like, I thought my eyes were playing tricks. And she says it wouldn't have been the first time, or it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't have been the first time. And then they did, like, a flashback to that. That's the first time I ever saw it in context of the show. I've seen it, you know. So they played that clip, and then I was forever sold, like, that moment. I was like, oh, I can get behind this. And here we are five years later. So, yeah, that's one of my favorites. So what's, what's your second one? Um. Um. Well, I'll go ahead and go do the one that uh... – it's probably it's, it's the only one on my list that's actually from this decade, and it's from Bold and the Beautiful, and uh, it is when Nicole, who was Maya's younger sister, uh, reveals that Maya was actually once her brother Myron and is transgender. Um, such a powerful moment. The lead up to that story, the way that they built it up. The actresses involved in it, Carla Mosley and and uh, Rain Edwards, holy cow, they really, really, really brought that story. The writing was phenomenal. The build up to it, I remember everybody watched. I was about three weeks behind on Bold, and everybody had seen it. And I don't know how I managed to to miss the spoilers for any of the stuff, except for I was I knew that there was something big going on. I'd seen people buzzing about Bold, and I was like, all right, and I kind of stayed away from uh, Twitter as much as I could just because I knew something big was going to happen. And I'm not a spoiler person. I don't like spoilers I, because once I'm spoiled, I'm kind of like, meh, you know. So I yeah. wanted to to experience whatever it was that everyone was just ranting and raving about. So I finally one day sat down and started marathoning bold episodes on CBS Online. And I that story. And, you know, you've got Nicole coming in and she's staying with Rick and Maya and – she starts making these little hints around here, and I'm like, okay, here we go. It's going to be the younger sister's going to try to steal her older sister's rich man, you know, that trope and everything like that. But then it started just turning into something completely different. And it, it just, by the time it got there, and they did the reveal at the end of one episode, um, and that was the episode that I had to catch up. Like, that was the last episode that I had not caught up on, was they had done the big reveal that day when I was marathoning. And I was blown away. I was blown away by the by the courage of the writers uh, to, get, to go there, 
because it, although it is certainly a timely story that is well overdue being done properly, I know that there was like a, a small feeble stab at it on all my children a decade ago, but it really, you know, just wasn't played that well. But it was done so well and, and portrayed with such care and, and, and handled so realistically that it was just, it was a thing of beauty. It was one of the best scenes I've seen on daytime and certainly a very long time. Uh, it, it, it just hit all my bells with a soap scene. It had a social issue involved in it. It had great writing, phenomenal acting. I still don't know how Carl Mosley didn't get an Emmy that year or even past the prenom stage. It was just a travesty that that did not happen. Um, and, and kudos to, you know, Bold for going there because it's, it's, like I said, it's a story that was well, you know, well past the time play. And not only that, but they didn't just go, oh, here you go, and then just drop it. They full out played the ramifications afterwards. They showed Maya having to, you know, uh, make that reveal now that, now that Nicole was there and could potentially with a time bomb waiting to go off if anybody else found out about things showing Maya having to tell Rick um, his unexpected reaction to it. You would have thought that they would have gone the easy route. Oh my God, I can't believe you lied to me. You know, but no, they didn't. I mean, he, you know, had the, the reaction where he was like, well, so, you know, I love you anyway. So, you know, I mean, so it, it was just played so well. And then, you know, fallout of her parents coming to town, it ended up introducing another family to bold it was just, it was fantastic. It was good soap. It was a great scene. It was a great writing, great acting. So that that's my kudos for that scene there. One of my faves in, in recent times. Yeah, I remember that was like a big deal. And I know, I mean, I know it's a big deal, but I mean, that was a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, I remember seeing, I don't watch that show, but I do remember seeing that on Twitter and people went crazy over that. And then people really went crazy when she didn't win an Emmy for it. Um, but yeah, okay, that was a good choice. Mine's not that deep, but <laughs> okay, and we're, we're gonna have to hurry with our with our scenes because we're already twenty two minutes in. But they're so fun to talk about. So, um, okay, so my next one is Days, and it's kind of a like it's kind of you know you wouldn't think of this, but it's one of my favorites. So Steve and Kayla, of course, um, they have a scene. And I don't know, I can't remember now, I should have watched it. I cannot remember what exactly led up to this, but they had been out in the rain, I remember, and they're in his apartment, or well, whatever you want to call it, they're in his his home, his dwelling, and they are arguing a little bit, because Steve had this, like, you know, I don't want to take away anything from you, I don't want to be with you, like, you deserve a better man than me, that whole facade going on. And which was sweet for like five minutes, and then it got you know infuriating because I wanted them to get together. But uh, so this was like 1986, end of 86, early 87, maybe. Um, anyway, he wanted, he uh, didn't want to be with her, or he did, but he didn't want to, you know. So they're arguing and they're arguing. He's like, well, Bo told you not to be with me, and he said this, and he said this, and Bo did this, and she's like, she says, I have a. Heart of my own, I have a mind of my own, and I'll give that heart to any whoever I want. I'm an I, like I'm a grown woman, and I will give my heart away as I see fit. And it was almost their first kiss. He leans in to kiss her, like he looks at her and realizes what she said, you know, basically like putting it all out there for him. 
because she had this thing for him and she wasn't playing. She was like, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. You know, she, there was no bones about her feelings. So he leans in to kiss her and Bo walks in without knocking and just ruins the whole, the whole thing. But I love that scene because I love the way that he looks at her and he's, she, he's like, what? And he just realizes like, she really doesn't care. She really feels the same way. So that's, that's one of my favorites just because I love the reactions and then Bo had to ruin it because he ruins everything, you know, so <laughs> that, well, oh, he ruins everything up until the point that Adrian starts ruining everything because eventually she yeah. starts ruining everything. But, yeah. but no, Steve and I, Kayla, truly the soap couple that keeps on giving. Uh, that's it's it's always. magic with those two. I just I love that line and I've used that line. I swear I've used it a thousand times in videos because she just she's screaming at him and she's like, I have a mind of my own, I have a heart of my own, and I'll give it to who I want. It's you know it's no one's concern but mine, and I just love that you know strong independent woman moment out of Kayla. So that's my number two. So what's your, what's your third one? Okay. Well, I'm going to flip back over to general hospital. Um, and this is one of the scenes that's guaranteed. It doesn't matter if you, if you don't cry during this scene, then you're, you're not human. You're made of stone and you're an awful, awful person. I'm convinced. And it's when the scene, when Tony Jones listens to BJ's heart inside Max C's chest, Holy cow! Yeah. I mean that that whole that whole storyline was fantastic from start to finish. Um, the the place where I really start crying and then just don't stop is when Lucy is just talking with Alan and grieving about BJ because you know she was BJ's stepmother at one time and she just starts grieving and they start talking about you know Alan starts telling her what's about to happen with the heart transplant and everything, um, and it, it and it just starts there. Lynn Herring always has this ability to make me cry um whenever she when lucy cries i'm crying um but uh when you get to that scene when you get to the that scene where where brad mall who who if i recall correctly he actually ad-libbed that moment um during rehearsal and they liked it so well they're like yeah yeah that again um but he he ad-libbed that moment and it's brilliant um and it just sums up the whole thing. I mean, there's nothing more poignant. There's nothing more horrifying for me as a parent to think about than losing my child. And then to know the overwhelming feeling that your child helped your niece live, I that was just writing gold. That was Claire Levine, you know, back in the day, um, in that in that rich, rich era of no pun intended, um, of of GH in the nineties and it was just magic, and I will never forget that scene, and I will always love that scene. And I didn't even see it until years later, and it's still one of my favorite GH scenes of all time. Yeah, that's so good, and I knew that you were going to put that in here. I almost texted you and said that since we talked about it so in-depth on the other one that we should leave it out, but I just know you can't because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame you. So, okay. It's, it's it. My next one. Back over to GH for a minute. Um, so one of my favorite scenes, and I don't know why this popped into my head today, but it's the scene where Christina, you know, she's in the hospital because Kiefer was, like, abusing her, and she tells them all that that's who it was. That scene where she just admits that this is who it is to, like, Alexis and um, I think Sam. And I don't know. I never – I didn't watch GH then, but I've seen those scenes, and I love Lexi, and I think she's awesome. And – the whole story is really great. Like she plays that story well and that like dynamic she had with Ethan and that whole thing. And then like Kiefer is involved. And of course, but 
when she just admits to them, like she just breaks down and just admits that like he's the one that did this to her. I don't know. It's just such a good moment. And I, not a good moment. It's a sad moment, but it's such a great acting moment for her. And it's such a good performance. That it's like, it just sticks out for me, even though it's so sad. And like, you just want to cry because she breaks my heart, but that's, that's why. And then Molly, you know, young and she cries too. And and I remember watching those scenes when they aired and there was a lot that was not going right on that show at the time. That was one of the storylines that was going right. It had really good writing. It had good acting, had some really heartfelt supporting people around, you know, um, the whole thing, the whole thread with you know, Christina, who obviously had a little bit of a crush on Ethan. He was kind of treating her like a little sister and looking out for her. You had, uh, you know, all of that play, and there was all the garbage on the periphery with, you know, Johnny Zakara and Sonny and all that stuff. But at the same time, you just had that simple story. It was like a simple story about that is more common than what most people, you know, needed to be brought yeah. forward. Another social issue you've got right there where teenage girls are, there are some teenage girls that let their boyfriends beat them, you know, and that, and, and that was, you, you know, there was an escalating abuse pattern happening there. And, and so it was, yeah. it was good storytelling, great acting. That's a good pick. And you don't ever think about the fact that like this can happen to a young woman who, you know, she was like what, 15, 16, maybe or playing that age. I mean, she was super young. You think about this happening in marriages. You don't think about this happening to kids. I mean, you know, virtually she's still a kid. She was like, I think she was supposed to be 15 or 16. So maybe not even that old. Like, she was really young. And, I mean, Lexi herself was young. So you don't think about that. So I think that that was like, first of all, I don't think anybody could have played that better than she did. And I don't think that it would have been the same if it had been anybody but Christina. And so that's just such a perfect story. And it's important. So, yeah. Okay, your next one. I'm trying to, like, not linger on mine too long so we can <laughs> finish, but well, your next one. My next pick My next pick is, is um, it's got a lot, of, a lot of layered, extremely layered depth and a very short scene. Uh, well, I won't say it's very short. It's a pretty long scene if you consider Soap Sanders these days. But it's from Santa Barbara, and it's uh, Lane Davies playing Mason. Um, Mason, who has this extremely complicated relationship with his father, uh, who he's never been able to measure up enough for his father. He's always a constant disappointment to his dad. Um, it involves his mother, who has come back to town, who abandoned him. They thought she was dead. He, she actually abandoned him as a child um, and left him to his father, who he would never be able to measure up to. Um, and he comes back in, and he's in the middle of a court case trying to trying to save Cruz from um, – from a murder charge and court goes horrifically wrong that day mostly because he puts his mother up on the stand and she said she's going to help his case and she gets up there and just blows everything sky high makes it to where he has basically put Cruz's life in danger at this point because there's a capital murder charge on him um, and everything goes to hell and Mason as what he always does when things go to hell he reaches for a bottle um, gets extremely drunk um, after after court, and in the meantime, all of this is building up. He is in a marriage um, that he volunteered to go into where he's not really in love. He's in love with Julia, who works with him and is working with him on this case to try to get try to get Cruz off. Um, but he's married to someone else, um, and he is raising her baby um, as his own, even though they it's not his child. 
Um, he's miserable in his home life. He's miserable with what's going on with his parents. He thinks he's killed one of his friends, basically, and his sister's, you know, his sister's uh, husband, um, you know, by making this big, huge mistake. And he's drunk as all hell. And he gets in there and has this amazing monologue about pretty much about his life. Um, and Julia is there just kind of to witness it and try to help him piece himself together enough to at least get out of the room. And it's just an amazing bit of work by Lane Davies, who is an, an amazing actor, classically trained Shakespearean type stuff, very theatrical style to, to the, everything he does. But it's just, it's, it's a quiet scene that just has such a strong impact. And it's probably something that would get overlooked by most people, but it's one of my favorite Santa Barbara scenes. And so I included it on my list. That's another one I have to watch. I know it's so, I'm the worst saying I'm going to watch everything, but I promise eventually I will get to it all. So, um, okay, my next one is uh, Dave's theme. So I love Bow and Hope. I think everyone does. Well, not everyone does necessarily, but I think everyone knows I do at least. Um, so one of my favorite scenes is the scene where she's at, I think they're at the gathering. I don't know what they would call it, but um, she's running the kissing booth, and he buys like 20 tickets because somebody else is running it, and then she, like, switches out. But he gets up there, and it's her, and he has all these tickets, and he's like, you know, I'm not going to kiss you kind of thing. And so he just kisses her on the forehead, and she's like, that's it, but you bought $20 worth of tickets. And he's like, because you can't handle me. Like, you can't, you know, you're too young for this. You can't handle me, which I liked that dynamic of them. I think that's, like, really appealing. Maybe it's because I'm, I, at the time of watching this, I was the same age as her. And he's super hot, so maybe that's the thing that gets me about them. But <laughs> like, I can't handle it, and just grabs him and just kisses him, and he's like, "Oh, okay." And it's just, <laughs> I think it's sweet. I think it's adorable. It's just, it just makes me smile every time I watch it. I just think it's so cute, and I just love the way that she was in that scene where she's like, "Uh, yeah, I can trust me," and she just doesn't even, she just doesn't care what he has to say about it. I love it. I think it's, I just think it's so cute. So. That's definitely one of my favorites, and yeah, they're great. I mean, I know they have lots of other ones, but that one sticks out for me, so that's my fourth one. Okay, your fourth. We well, are on four, yeah. Nobody did super couples like days back in the day. That That's just a pure example of great oh, super couple writing right there, yeah. Well, my, my, my fifth one is also a day scene, and um, it's no secret that my favorite days character is Jack Devereaux. Love him. Um, love the complexity. Love, no, love, love the dark parts. Love the evil parts. Love his redemption. Love the whole thing. Um, anyway, my my favorite, my absolute favorite scene with Jack um, in it is also got Steve in it. You know, because that dynamic is just amazing. The 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 long lost brother that Steve fought so hard to protect got separated. Blah blah blah. Finally find each other, and it's this man he despises, and it's just it's soap gold I mean it really is and then building that relationship back together but there's this really amazing scene with the two of them right after Cruise of Deception and they've come back into town and at this point Jack is probably I want to say three quarters of the way through his redemption and you know Cruise of Deception is where he really gets together with Jennifer and it's a thing and it's on and it's new and fledgling and he comes back and he's completely unsure of what to do because they're back in the real world now and you know, he's back in the land where he's not good enough for Jennifer. And he goes to Big Brother to talk about it. And it's this really great scene where the two of them are on the porch of Steve and Kayla's house. 
Steve basically shoves Stephanie, who was just a baby, into his arms and said, you know, and he's like, oh, baby. And he's like, no, you got to take care of her. Here, hold, I got to go get this in the kitchen. You hold the baby. So Jack's got this baby in his hand, and then Steve comes back out, and they're sitting there, and they just talk. And Steve gives advice about what he should do to, you know, in order to make this relationship with Jennifer work. And what's great about the scene is that it's not all, hey, big, you know, hey, little brother, come over here, let me get, you know. There is still very much the specter of everything that Jack did to Kayla between them, and it's it's not ignored. It's actually part of the scene actively. Steve at one point says, you know, basically shut the hell up right now because if you start talking about that, I'm going to hit you. You know, it's it, he more or less says something to that effect. Um, but it's this beautifully acted, beautifully written scene. Uh, even the, the the sound effects in the background is just quiet. Not a lot of music. There's basically just sound effects, crickets chirping, things like that. And it's just, it's this amazing piece of scene, scenery. It's just like this amazing scene that, that is just this quiet, maybe three and a half, four minutes of excellence on soap and it's uh it's one of my all-time it's my all-time favorite jack scene it's one of my all-time favorite Stephen nichols scenes it's really great um and it's it's just true to those characters uh, you know it, it was a key scene i think in building their relationship back together which is always again fledgling and there's always that specter of that terrible thing that jack did with kayla you know i mean it, you know steve has to live with the fact that that the man that raped his you know his his true love is is his brother, and that never goes away with them. And I also say, you know, Matthew Ashford and uh, and uh, Mary Beth Evans always make sure that that's hanging between them. And anytime there's scenes too, there's always that. You know, they even if it's not written, it's always played. Um, and it's it's just a, a brilliant piece of writing and acting. And so that's that's my last one here. Okay, so my wait, we did. We've done four. So my fifth one, and then we'll run through our honorable mentions. Um, okay, so it's kind of cheating cause it's two, but whatever. It's my show, so <laughs> um, we can cheat because it's our show. Uh, okay, so the scene in, two, I think it was 2012, November, when um, Robin returned to General Hospital. So I have two because you know it happened the same day. So one Aww. is when, <laughs> when Robert and Anna are in the uh, – they're in, they're in Windermere, yeah, they're at Windermere, and they're in there and that whole thing, and um, Robert, they think that Robin's there, they've been told she's alive, they don't really know if they should believe that, they want to, well, Anna's, like, downstairs looking for Duke and, like, taking care of Obrecht or whatever's going on, and, you know, it's a mansion that's pretty large, well, Robert finds Robin, and he, they have their moment, I don't remember if we see that, yeah, I think we do, they have their thing, well, then she comes upstairs, Anna does, and uh, it's funny because she's coming out of, like, the catacombs, and he's, like, around the corner, and they both think the other one is, like, stays on, and they turn around, and they both have their guns, and he's like, what is wrong with you? She's like, what's wrong with you? You could have shot me. He's like, really? I could have shot you. Well, then he's like, I found, you know, I found Obrecht. I found this person. I found this. She's like, well, I found Duke, you know, and he's like, okay, and she's like, and he's like, and what? She's like, and, you know, Robin. And he says, why don't you see for yourself? And she turns around and, like, Robin's standing in the doorway. And Finola Hughes' face, every time I watch that scene, I cry. Her face is just, like, it's, like, this look of relief, but also, like, just happiness. And she just starts crying. And she, like, bends over. 
almost crying and then they like run to each other and it was like in slow motion and then they have the whole like you know they have that moment and then duke's like he comes in the room and the four of them have like this group hug and so technically that's all one thing so that and then like later on in the episode robin goes to the church where patrick is and emma is at the altar with him and sabrina and she's standing in the back and she goes to turn around she's gonna leave and emma says like mommy and she runs to her. Oh, I literally, I cry every time I see that. So that's, that's I can't watch it again because I can't let myself cry the way I ugly cried the day that that aired. It was it amazing. Too. It was beautiful. <laughs> and like, I, every time I see that one with Spinola, I cry because her face. But like the one with Emma where she just says, Mommy. And she, oh, that gets me every time. Oh. I'm and everybody I mean, seriously, at- you just did that, and I had a spike in my heart because I'm remembering the day I watched it in my living room and started you ugly know, crying, I'm and my husband was like, what is the matter with you? And I'm like, shut up. I'm Let me cry. Let me I cry. Like, my mother was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, she got her baby back. Shut up. And I'm like, it was just so good. I love it. So much. So yeah. well, and have but, you hey, have you ever seen the have you ever seen the Asian Quarter storyline that 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 yeah. mimicked? Yeah, that, that was that time. was good stuff too. They intercut that, and I was just like, Whoa! yeah. But Penola yeah. burned in my memory that scene because she's just like and Robin, and he's like, you know, just look for yourself, and he's like all smiley and happy about it. And so yeah, that's a good one. And she calls, she says, or she says, mom, and I'm oh man, too much. Okay, so moving on from that before I cry. Um, honorable mentions. <laughs> I have several. I'm not gonna like spend too much time on them. I'll run down my little list and then you can do yours. But um, okay. All right. So, uh, Steve and Kayla in the lab explosion. It was the lab that exploded, right? And they're like under the. They're mm-hmm. stuck under the. Du- yeah, and she says like, or he tells her that she has to like keep like stay awake and like she can't die and all this because he loves her and that's like the first time he said that. And, you know, they're both getting sick and they're running out of air and the whole thing. And then, of course, they're saved by Jack. But um, that gets me so much because it's so sweet. He's like, but I love you. And then later she's like, did you tell me you love me? And he's like, no. Because <laughs> he wasn't actually <laughs> ready to say <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay. See, that's, and... that's where you've made that the super couple 102. They've gone a little bit past the first class, but now they're in the second class. And not yet the second year or so. Um, another one is, um, okay, this is more recent, when Maxie um, on General Hospital had what was supposed to be Lulu's baby, Georgie, um, and she was taken away, and Spinelli got custody, and he was going to leave with her, and Maxie wasn't allowed to see the baby. He went to Maxie's, and he's like, we're leaving, and, I, you know, if you want to see your daughter, I don't care what court says, like, you need to do it now. And they're all sitting in the living room, and he, she's holding the baby, and he's talking to her, and the whole thing, and then he kisses her goodbye, and I just thought it was and that was like Kristen, Kirsten's last episode before um, her maternity leave. And it was just such a sweet scene. And I love that, like, shot of them sitting there and they're, like, kissing and she's holding the little girl. So I love that. Um, let's see. Bo and Hope, the first time scene where Doug had a literal heart attack. I had to throw that in just because for the sheer soapiness of that. Um, Britt and Nicholas, I know that's, like, not a common thing that people like, but the scenes they had on Christmas were hey, like, you know, I loved me some Britt and Nicholas. That was actually the, the one of the times I liked Nicholas the best was when he yeah, was with I Britt. Loved them I loved so that much. pairing. 
they truly gave me like you could be the next big thing feeling like they could ha- they had like I know that super couple they had great style writing, but they, they did and they had that they gave me that super couple vibe they gave me that like you you know I loved them so that scene at Chris it was Christmas and like you know Faison and Obrecht I think were in the house and they were like keeping everybody captive and they had to keep quiet about it and they come upstairs after being, like, down there and, like, tying him up or whatever. And they're standing behind the couch. And he kissed her. And, you know, it took him, like, six or eight months to kiss her, even though we all thought it was happening. It took forever. It was, it was actually, like, a super couple, dare I say, because it took so long. But he kissed her. They're standing behind the couch. And he just leaned over and kissed her. And I was like, I'm, 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 I'm like, all about this. I'm 100% sold. <laughs> I remember I, Megan and I, we were standing up on the couch cheering for them. And they couldn't hear us. Like, we we did it anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. That was a good one. Um, okay. I have, like, two more. Uh, I'll slow down. Or I'll stop because I know I can't have every scene ever as an honorable mention. But, uh, um, okay. This is really a weird one. Unpopular opinion. So, John and Marlena. Yeah, I said that. Um, recently, past, past last couple of years, you know, they decided to get back together. He was, like, endlessly pursuing her, that whole thing. And they had their, like, they said, like, their wedding vows in bed, and, or he said it to her, and she said, ditto. And I just thought that, that is so funny to me every time I watch it, because he's trying to be all romantic, and he gives her a rose, and he's, like, saying his vows and saying, I promise to do this, I promise to do this, I promise this. And she just goes, ditto, and kisses him. <laughs> and he's like, we made up. So I like that one. And I don't necessarily like John. I just, I like her with him, the actor, so whoever he's masquerading as, I'm fine with. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I can't keep up with how many characters he's been, so, like, whoever he is this week, I'm a I'm fan just, of. I'm just trying to figure out how on, how on, the, how on the earth you think that, that a scene with John and Marlena would be considered an unpopular opinion, but okay. Okay, because people didn't like that on Twitter, or at least people I know didn't. So I thought that that was not a popular thing for me to be, like, into that oh. pairing. Oh people no, don't I, man, that's a ton on my Twitter I, timeline that loved Jordan Marlena. That I think I mean they're a super couple okay. for a reason, you know. But I have people that don't like them and I didn't know if it was because he used to be a different character or what the deal is with people, but so I didn't know this. So I feel I don't feel like it's, you know I don't feel guilty anymore. I feel like that's a good one. And then one last one. I lied. Two last ones, really quick. Um, Liz and Laura, 2013, on the ship when Ethan, Helena, that whole thing, Luke shoots Helena. They're standing there on the ship, and the whole, like, gun exchange thing goes down. Um, If you guys have never seen it, I'll put it in the playlist because I know that makes no sense. Um, And then they're standing there, and they see ships in the distance. And he's like, she's like, oh, look, it's the Coast Guard. He's like, no, 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 those are Cass. That's that's not us. That's the Cassidines. And she's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know. And then he's like, I got it. I have a plan. And she's like, what is it? And he just like reaches out and she puts her hand in his. And I just thought like, it just, it was, it was like a classic feeling scene and I was totally into it. And then a recent one, because I know you love Ava Jerome, just like I do. Um, Mm. uh, the, the scene. Okay. Right before she burned, not to be crude, but you know, right before she was in the fire, um, Sonny and Carly found out that she was like responsible partially for Morgan's death or you know and they went to confront her about what she knew and um that Sonia Eddie is singing hallelujah because it's the nurse's ball in the background and they walk in and they like her and Carly like make eye contact and it's just like so intense and that song's playing and it's like 
conflict resolution at its finest, and it just that scene sticks out for me. And I don't, it was no big deal. It was just at the end of an episode one day. So, okay, your honorable mentions because I know I rambled on for like five whole minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I have uh, the first one I have on my list, and uh, this is actually probably be in my top any other day that I would have thought about it. But uh, when Blake and Ross make love for the first time on Guiding Light in the middle of the the Springfield blackout, that blackout was really brilliant. Um, they basically it was the culmination. You know, a lot of times there'll be an, a big event that kicks off an umbrella story. Well, for for that show again that was a period of time where it was on fire and that was a culmination to almost every story that was going on on campus all of them had a huge turning point at that blackout that was in there and what it was is there was a big heat wave in town there was a gala going on in town of course and in the middle of the gala the heat just overcomes the city so much that it puts the city in a citywide blackout and a billion things happen, and one of them is who who is uh, the daughter of Roger Thorpe and Holly um, ends up. Holly, Blake has made this this concerted effort to steal Ross Marler away because her mom is in love with Ross, and she blames her mom for having lost her her ex boyfriend, um, who was played by Rick Hurst, um, Alan Alan Michael, and uh, she she blames and Sherry Strings. Sherry, Sherry Stringfield was playing Blake at this time. Um, so she makes this concerted effort to go after Ross. Like, she's going to seduce Ross, and she'll show Mom then. Well, what happens is the two of them fall in love, and that's the first night that they make love. They make love in the middle of the blackout. So it's a great – it's this great scene. Um, the, one, the, one of the other ones – oh, man, Blotting Light was just amazing. You should really watch that playlist if you get some time. If you can get a Blake Ross playlist up, and I've got one I'll send to you. It's It's fantastic. It's a whole great story. Um, one Life to Live, uh, Marty's Rape, what a seminal moment for that show. I mean, huge social issue. You know, of course, it was the beginning of, of Todd Manning, as we know it. Um, you know, his, his – I don't know how they ever brought that character back from that because it was – I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was – they did not pull any punches with that storyline. It was Marty Saybrook going into the – she's in the middle of this college party. She's had a little too much to drink. These guys took her upstairs, and then they brutally gang rape her. And it's they did not shy away from the topic matter at all, you know. And Todd is the ringleader, basically. And they, you know, they followed the entire story going through her her shame about everything afterwards, the way she feels, you know, her becoming victimized and harassed and bullied by people over it, her going to court, the the court case, and Nora represents her and. It's a great storyline. Again, a huge social issue that One Life started really taking the mantle up uh, later on, and um, it's just fantastic writing and acting all around. Um, I want another to, one. I, I want um, you to mentions, but I just want you to know you have three minutes. So, <laughs> okay, another one would be, and it's too too big to talk about, but uh, Matt Corey's death on Another World. Um, Mac and Rachel have been the tent couple of that show for years. Um, his death, he was one of the main characters, even being one of the older characters on the show, was one of the main characters, and his death impacted everybody on campus, and it was just fantastically played by everyone. Plus, they lost the, Doug, Doug Watson, the actor who played him in real life, he, he, they lost him, and so it was a double loss for everybody. They're playing their loss on screen, and it was just very moving. Um Another one, All My Children, Mona's Funeral, where Erica just completely loses her, you know, stuff. And 
tosses herself down onto her mother's casket in the middle of her funeral. I mean, Erica Kane just lost her entire emotional center. And there is no, I don't think there's, there was a better, finer moment for uh, Susan Leachie than, than that moment there. And again, another one where they've lost a coworker in real life and, and you don't have to play that out, but it was a beautiful scene, beautifully written, beautifully acted and, you know, just um, very true to the character as well. And then the other one, I hate to say this, it's another rape scene, but um, on Santa Barbara, Eaton's rape, uh, which went a long way into destigmatizing the the stereotypical trope of soap rapes where it had been very dramatized and, and very uh, hidden and very, I mean, they went brutal with that rape. And it was probably the first one even before One Life uh, with Marty where they showed you that, hey, this is not a glamorous act. This is something, I mean, they, they, saw, they showed Eden getting dragged across the floor, hit over the head, just completely. I mean, they, they did not shy away. And it was, it's hard to watch. I mean, it, it, turned, it turns your stomach to watch it, but it was so socially important at the time. And it made headlines. It made, like, news headlines, that kind of thing. Um, so important in the soap world as far as bringing social issues to the forefront. And, oh, my God, uh you know, Marcy Walker was amazing in that storyline, and and so was A. Martinez. He really <laughs> great. I just want you mm-hmm. to know, but I think we have one more minute. All right. Well, I mean, that was it. That was my last one that I had oh, for right now. So this was such a good show, and it was so much fun. I am making my playlist right now so that we can. Uh,